This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack. Welcome to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lee, here on a Victory Thursday, a Club Dub Thursday as the Bears have defeated the Dallas Cowboys 31-24 to to go to 7-6 and on the season. How are the Bears 7-6 and after the last month and a half of horrible, horrible news week in, week out? Look, it's been a tough season. I, I've probably said that a thousand times. I'm just going to enjoy this moment where the Bears are playing solid complimentary football the offense has come to life Mitch Trubisky is back from the dead uh yeah these are the good days folks let's enjoy them while they last uh it, I would be remiss not to say that the Dallas Cowboys look like a completely self-destructive squad and the final score 31-24 is not nearly what the game was as the Bears went into complete and total prevent mode a good two and a half minutes early, as they are wont to do in the Matt Nagy era. Um, I really have no problems with it, given that the final score is 31 to 24. But you just know there's going to be a day where that bites them in the ass. I really like for it not to be in an important game. But let's get back to the positive. The Bears score 31 points tonight. 31 points, and the defense had very little to do with it. Mitch Trubisky with one of his best games as a Bear. He is now officially rolling 23 of 31, 244 yards for three touchdowns, and then the one Mitch pick, which we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, it's just kind of par for the course. If you get one Mitch pick, it's really not the worst thing that can happen. And then running the ball, running Mitch is back. He's back, everybody. 10 carries, 63 yards, a touchdown, a 23-yard scamper for a touchdown, which is one of the best things I've seen in a while. And yeah, this is what the offense was always supposed to be. Again, great night. Really excited to see all this. Why have the Bears waited 10 weeks to have Mitch run the ball? I definitely understand that he was injured. He still is protecting his left shoulder. But it seems like he protected it pretty well tonight and got down anytime there was a defender near him. So it seems rather inexplicable that this wasn't part of the game plan and the Bears went with a pocket-passing system that didn't have rollouts, that didn't have sprint outs or bootlegs. The play action really wasn't much of it, and there certainly wasn't Mitch breaking the pocket after two reads. All of a sudden, that's been introduced to the offense, and look at this. The Bears are going up and down the field. Mitch finishes with 115.5 rating. Uh, really, overall, just a really sound game from him. He had, I think, two plays uh, worthy of kind of review and, and lament. Uh, one was the interception he threw on the first drive of the game, the Bears' first drive of the game. 
that was uh, inexplicably thrown. It was just a classic Mitch pick rolling out, trying to throw a ball where it had no business going, needed to be pitched into the third row and started again on a third down throw. They had another down to work with there, but uh, he came right back. The Bears, <laughs> because they he threw the pick at the one-yard line, uh, the Bears' defense holds the Cowboys. They punt, and the Bears march it right back down the field and get seven to make up for what they did. So uh, between that and uh, a very, very, very solid game overall, kind of all four quarters, you have to say Mitch is in a place we've never seen him be before, and he's starting to redefine the narrative that, w- that had been established by people like yours truly, which is he's not the guy, he'll never be the guy, and the Bears need to bring somebody in to be the starter beginning first thing next year, at the very, very least someone to push him. So let's talk about these last two games and how that changes the narrative of who Mitch Trubisky is. The guy that we saw tonight is a franchise quarterback, but that doesn't mean that Mitch Trubisky is a franchise quarterback. This is the kind of performance that you can build off of, that a team is energized off of. And truly, uh, a 7.9-yard passing average, only two sacks, and both of those were taken in, in not in good fashion, but very understandable sacks. He really didn't pat in the pocket that often. I think there was one or two plays where he hung around a little bit too long, but everything else was coming out on time, on target, And uh, yeah, I really have no problems with the offensive flow whatsoever until the end of the game where, again, Matt Nagy got a little conservative and folded up the tents uh, and just what had been working so well seemed not to. But even with that said, there was a late third down throw that Trubisky put on Anthony Miller that would have moved the sticks, would have burned the clock, and Anthony Miller dropped it. So... Uh, that one's not on Mitch, and uh, I think if you look at him today, especially against Dak Prescott, uh, Prescott whose narrative is uh, wholly different than the one Mitch has, you can see that uh, it's really just a perception of game-to-game play, and that depending upon the moment you find yourself in as a team, you can seem like a franchise player, or you can seem like dog shit that needs to be moved on from, so... The Bears have won four of five football games, which is rather incredible, And again, uh, if you want to go to a a lamenting sort of place, I don't recommend it, but it's a very natural move for me. There are losses on the schedule now that seem just so inexplicable uh, and that would change really the direction of this season. The Chargers loss sticks out most of all to me personally just because the Bears did everything they needed to do to win that game and found a way to blow it. Uh, The other is the Rams And that was in L.A. The Bears just couldn't put anything together. The Rams were asking to get beat, and it just couldn't happen. But the offense just never found its flow. It started against the Giants and then uh, really against the Lions on Thanksgiving. I think we can now say, with just a week happening after the fact, again, really small sample size, that that that, uh, Lions game on Thanksgiving is a turning point in the season for this team. And where it leads... You know, it, it, it remains to be seen. The, the Bears have three games left now, a seven and six record. You're looking at something like, you know, running the table feels like a lot given that it's the Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings, and two of those are road games for the Bears. But uh, an eight and eight season, nine and seven season, uh, season even feels like uh, really saving the Bears from what had looked at one point to be a. Uh, you know, as bad as a five and eleven season, four and twelve. It just at a certain point, it seemed like they might never be able to find a way to win a, a football game again. So, the first half, the Bears are marching up and down the field on the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys cannot seem to tackle. I think prior to the season, 
uh, and even early in the season, I thought the Cowboys had a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And Rod Marinelli is a really good football coach. I, I've missed him in Chicago. So, you know, a lot of the blame for how the Cowboys play falls at the feet of Jason Garrett, the way he organizes the team, the general vibe of the team, that team's belief in what they're doing and how they go about their business. But I always felt like Marinelli was really the head coach of the defense in a very old Buddy Ryan-esque sort of style. And so to put that on Garrett's shoulders doesn't really seem to make sense. And the Cowboys are just flat bad at tackling. They have a few injuries, but nothing to explain the way things were working on the perimeter, where the Bears got whatever they wanted to and got extra yards, or in the case of a Cordero Patterson catch, uh, an extra 30 yards. So sort of inexplicable in that regard. Like I said, the Bears moved up and down the field uh, in the first half. The only thing stopping them were the one, again, the Mitch Trubisky pick at the one-yard line. Ouchie, ouch. Kind of expected at this point that he's not going to have a clean sheet ever. But um, he's made so many dynamic plays otherwise that uh, I really have no problem with with any of that. And then uh, the, the Bears were driving down the field. I believe it was their second drive of the game. And there was a ghost blocking in the back call against... Javon Wims, uh, and a, a, one of a series of missed face mask, mask calls against the Dallas Cowboys that stopped that drive and led to an Eddie Pinheiro field goal, which I would be remiss not to tell you went right through the uprights, and it feels like Eddie might be getting right at just the right time. So uh, the Bears had, a, you know, in terms of explosive plays on offense, it wasn't really too much of that. There were a couple plays. There was a a 33-yarder, like I said, to Cordero Patterson, but that was really a broken tackle and, and you know, Patterson making yards where there weren't any. There was a J.P. Holt screen, which was a perfect play call, I believe it was in the first quarter, and led to the Bears' uh, first touchdown. Uh, yes, it was right after the Bears regained the ball after the one getting the ball back from the one-yard line. So that was a critical play. Allen Robinson had a 22-yarder. Miller had a 21-yarder. But nothing, no huge explosive plays, nothing way down the field, no big bombs, nothing like that. Just the Bears methodically moved the ball down the field. And included in that is the run game. So David Montgomery, 20 carries, 86 yards, a 4.3-yard average, and breaking tackles on motherfuckers all day long. You have Mitch peppering in 63 yards on the ground, and really, that's the mix right there. So, you know, it's one thing to ha- to say, and I thought about this earlier today, that the Bears, what was once a really packed running back uh, room, is really bereft at this point. So you've lost Mike Davis, who, again, was no great shakes, but certainly was depth in that room. Uh, he goes to Carolina after getting cut so the Bears can retain a co- compensatory pick. And then... Kareth White is picked up off the practice squad by the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. And so now the Bears have David Montgomery and they have Tariq Cohen. And I guess Cordero Patterson would be the next man up, if not Ryan Nall. It feels a little light. And so if Trubisky can take a third of the carries, if he can have those 10 carries a game or eight or seven, just enough to, first of all, take the attention of the defense and then pad the stats a little bit, you'll have something like you did tonight, which is 34 carries for 151 yards and a 4.4 average. I tell you, and a touchdown, by the way, I tell you, if you told me the Bears were going to have that kind of day running the ball, if you caught me midseason and said that, I would call you a bold-faced liar and spit in your face. I'm just telling you. That's what would have happened. So don't go back in time and try it. Uh, The Bears also, uh, just the mix, the offensive mix of who's getting the ball, where where it's going, when it's going, really, really positive. 
I personally don't miss Taylor Gabriel in this offense. I know that's probably sacrilege. I know he's a good football player, but what the Bears have going right now is a mix that shouldn't be messed with. I think part of this of the conversation is going to be about Javon Wims, the injury that that he sustained in the second quarter, and what that means going forward. But in terms of you know the mix and the targets and that sort of thing, you got Allen Robinson, peak of the mountain as per usual, eight targets, five catches, forty eight yards, two brilliant touchdowns, and almost every one of his catches was a critical one. That guy is so important to this offense and really is a true number one wide receiver in the NFL. Highly underrated. The Bears would do well to extend him this offseason, pushing off some of his costs and opening up some salary cap space. I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's a guy that needs to stick around. Also, the first drive of the game, three different catches for J.P. Holtz for 56 yards. That was critical to the Bears getting untracked early on. And, you know, again, I don't think teams are game planning for a tight end in the Bears offense. And so for Nagy to see that and have that be part of his scripted opening series says a lot about him. Overall, an incredibly well-crafted game plan by him. Really wonderful play calling. There was only one Nagy special which was a Cordell Patterson direct snap that uh, I don't think any of us liked when it was lined up for. We liked it even less when either Leno or the person who was supposed to take his his defender blew through a block and Cordell Patterson never had a chance. Nagy almost had a conniption on the sideline. Yeah, that was the last we saw of any of the trick plays. After that, it was really standard football. It was a really nice mix. And Mitch Trubisky is putting the ball on people. He looks... Really, really good out there, seeing the field better than he ever has before, ever. I mean, I don't care what game you point to in the last year and a half. These last two games, his eyes are scanning the field and his feet are following. There are only a couple fallaway throws in this game. He still hasn't cleaned it up all the way, but a lot of the things he's doing in terms of, okay, so let's just illustrate that. Tariq Cohen, six targets. Six catches, 24 yards. Those are the throws where Trubisky turns his entire body, moves his feet with him, and fires the ball out to Cohen to be able to make runs on the perimeter. That's where Cohen can be effective and can move the chains. And uh, credit to Mitch, he's getting that ball out on time and on target, uh, and that's just not something he was doing earlier this season. I think in the third quarter, he did do uh, what I call bad Mitch and kind of is a signifier I look for when he's not seeing things well and starting to doubt his reads, which is a pump fake and then immediately throwing the ball again exactly where he pump faked. So I see something, I'm about to go with it, I better hold it, oh, it is kind of there, and then throwing it late. So a defender is already broken on the ball where that ball is going. It is off schedule, it is off platform, it does not have drive on it. That's where he gets in trouble, and I only saw one of those tonight. So again, credit to Mitch Trubisky, uh, credit to the coaching staff for pulling him out of the rut he'd been in. And I suppose we should couch a little bit of it in uh, the struggles of uh, the Dallas Cowboys, but really... I don't know, man. I, I definitely chalked up the Lions W and the Giants W to uh, a team that was working things out a little bit, but was also playing against inferior talent. The Dallas Cowboys have a lot of great talent on the defensive side of the football, and the Bears outplayed them. They pushed them around in the run game, and they were able to throw on them all day long. So I know that that te- is a team that's struggling. I think they've lost four of five. Obviously, their coaching staff is embattled and at this point, you'd have to say it's likely they're gone at the end of the season. But it's not like these are the dregs. This is a NFC East leading team, which again, misleading. It's like saying Trubisky made the Pro Bowl last year. The NFC East sucks, 
But, you know, just three weeks ago, the Bears played a trash Eagles team and had the worst first half of offensive football in the history of the NFL. So I think it's okay to say out loud, hey, this looked really great. I don't care that it was the Cowboys and they're struggling. The Bears moved the football in an efficient way, and we haven't seen that no matter who's lining up on the other side of the football. So really, really good stuff there. On the downside of things, the Bears sustained a number of injuries, and uh, the the They will definitely affect them going forward. Still waiting for kind of the official word on the seriousness of a number of them, but uh, it's a good thing the Bears have kind of a mini bye week this week after playing two Thursdays in a row. They will now wait until the following Sunday to play uh, at Green Bay. First injury, probably the most major one given uh, that he was ruled out of the game immediately is Roquan Smith, who went out with a pectoral injury uh, early in the game, I believe the first quarter, and did not return It's just a pectoral injury. I think at this point, you, me, everybody else knows that that generally means the end of a season. Um, I just, I don't know exactly what it is about them. Obviously, you can't tackle without a pectoral muscle, but they usually tend to be season ending. And so given that he's out, he left for the game, didn't, there was no chance of him coming back. That's my great fear that Roquan will be out. On the bright side, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis filled in for him, and I have to say, the Bears might have the deepest inside linebacker group in the NFL. He came in, didn't miss a – not only did he not miss a beat, he was making plays out there. He was moving fast. Uh, they put him in pass rush situa- situations. He tackled well. That was a really positive development. So you've got uh, Nick Nick uh, Kwiatkowski out there, and you had Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and the Bears really didn't miss a step. and. Going down from Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith to these backups and still having a really positive um, output against a strong offensive line and a strong running back in Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Elliott really bodes well for the Bears and says a lot about that group and the coaching staff. Roy Robertson-Harris also went down late with an undisclosed injury uh, and was taken to the locker room late in the game. Again, no real idea of what the injury is. I know he was down on a knee but I didn't see uh, the nature of it, nor nor did I uh, see a report before we started recording tonight. So we'll see what that one is going forward. The Bears, again, really just the depth is being tested across the roster uh, right now, and luckily there is some quality depth. So this is a chance for some guys to, to step up. And as we've seen the last few weeks, as, as certain veterans have gone down, not only has there not been a drop-off, but in certain instances, there's been a little bit of a pickup. My contention is that right tackle Cornelius Lucas III, a man I'd never really heard of before this season, might actually be a better right tackle right now than Bobby Massey is. And um, I think that says a little more about Bobby Massey than it does Lucas, but at this point, the Bears are effectively running the ball off the right side, which they could not do with Massey uh, at holding down the right side. And, uh, you know, Mitch, either through his mobility or play design or the help or the chipping that's that's being put out there, it's not like the pass um, – the the pass blocking is suffering in any sort of way. Two sacks, 13 yards of loss there. I really didn't see anybody screaming around the edges, and they do move around Demarcus Lawrence to take advantage of things like that. So a credit to Cornelius Lucas. Uh, other injuries to speak of, a big one, Javon Wims went down uh, in the end zone early in the first half, and it looked like a knee injury. Couldn't tell if it was when his leg uh, grabbed the turf or when... 
Jalen Smith, the linebacker for the Cowboys, fell on him. But either way, he was down for an extended period and limped off pretty gingerly, listed out with a knee injury. Riley Ridley seeing not his first snaps, but his first real action. (laughs) By the way, uh, quick sidebar, Riley Ridley does get one catch in this game. It was a bizarre one catch. He caught it in space, immediately turned around, backed up three yards to get a better look at it, took one step, planted in the ground, Blew a tire, his shoe came flying off, and he was tackled for a five-yard gain. So, Riley Ridley a little raw. It, it makes a little bit of sense why he'd been inactive up to this point. But, again, I think we've all kind of clamored for seeing how he might do, given that he was so successful in training camp in the preseason. And now he might be the next man up. So, Riley Ridley finally seeing snaps for the Bears. We'll see what happens with uh, Javon Wims in the Again, mini bye week, but based on the nature of the injury and the way it looked at the time, I'd be surprised to see him playing next week. Uh, And then finally, and importantly, David Montgomery went out late with, again, didn't see what the injury was listed as before uh, coming in here to record the pod. But I, my guess, and this is a very uneducated guess, was based on the way he came off the field, the limp uh, might be a re-injury of his sprained ankle. Again, no information to support that, just a me kind of guessing out loud at what I saw and how I saw him moving off the field. We'll see what that one is, but that is a tough dude, and it would not expect uh, surprise me at all to see him suiting up against the Packers next Sunday. So that's the end of the injury bad news. Now it's just about what the Bears can do moving forward into uh, looking at the Packers and what they might be able to do next week. And I promise you we're going to have a preview of that game coming up midweek next week. Too much time off. Too much time to think about it. It's a rivalry game. I'm going to be extra, extra loud for it. Uh, that's really where we're at, which the Bears are in the playoffs, and the playoffs began you know, a month early for them. So they are currently 1-0. and um, The odds, the updated 538 odds state that the Bears now have a 5% chance of making the playoffs. So I like the way this is trending. But again, they're two games behind. Well, we'll see what happens this week, but going into this game, the Bears were two games behind the Rams and the Vikings uh, for um, a, a playoff slot. So it's just going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot for the the Bears to be able to uh, get in. But I think we should be enjoying these week to week, anyways. And I'm telling you, if they can beat Green Bay in Green Bay, make up for that week one week one egg that they laid at Soldier Field. Give it to Aaron Rodgers, make him feel it a little bit, mess with their playoff hopes. I'm telling you, this season might be able to end on the sort of good vibes and good building blocks that could lead into next season. And I think that's probably the way the coaching staff is preaching this at this point, which is. You know, the rest of the season will take care of itself. Some of this is out of our hands, but we're building something and that we're building into next year. And so I have to walk back everything that I said, which was, you know, I think just two, three weeks ago, I believe the uh, the scorecard would suggest I had said to fire everyone that if you're going to, you got to move on from Trubisky, which means Nagy's not the guy because he's not able to to lift him up and also is presenting a lot of troubles in the way that he's designing his game plan. And the person who put these two people in place is Ryan Pace. And I think we should consider just moving on from all of them. Here we are just a few games later, and it looks decidedly different. First of all, 
Ryan Pace isn't going anywhere and likely wasn't in the first place. I just wanted to say that stuff out loud because of how bad things were going. But Nagy at this point has clearly cemented his position as the Bears head coach going into next season. Uh, the, the fact that they're seven and six right now, the fact that they've strung together four wins in five games after having a, an absolutely mind-blowingly frustrating middle of the season, uh, losing their playoffs, playoff hopes, their Super Bowl hopes, watching that kind of fall apart around them and finding a way to right the ship says an awful lot about Matt Nagy. I don't know why it took this long to make the adjustments they needed to make. Perhaps that's just how this season went, uh, and there's really no better explanation than that. But as it is now, Matt Nagy has earned the right to be the coach of this team uh, next season, and probably, and maybe he did anyways, and maybe again, uh, that was all very hasty on my part. But there were real issues, real systemic issues in his decision making that uh, happened prior to this win streak, and those haven't really, those haven't necessarily gone away in just a few weeks' time. It's just something that will have to be monitored going forward. And as we always know, wins are the balm that fixes everything. So uh, that's sort of the story from Soldier Field tonight, where the Bears finally, finally beat a quality team. Despite what anybody says, I'll believe that the Cowboys have a, a ton of talent and should have played a lot better than they did, winning 31 to 24, dominating pretty much throughout, save for 17 garbage points given up to the Cowboys at the end of the game. Uh, I'll just kind of ding that a little bit. So uh, a decisive victory. The Bears finally look dominant at home again, although there are still some issues on defense, giving up yards and open uh, and open receivers running down the field. Um, yeah, it, it's not perfect, and that's not what the NFL is, especially when you're in that purgatorious middle ground. You're trying to just make less mistakes than the other team, which the Cowboys were really content to do uh, today. The uh, The other part is that the Bears finally, finally got some pressure on the quarterback. Um, just seven QB hits, which is a huge number given what they'd been doing prior, and then two really big sacks. One by Eddie Jackson and then one by Khalil Mack. We saw him pop a couple different times. Uh, three QB hits for him. One sack, one tackle for loss. Definitely off the schneid, uh, as Boomer would say. Definitely back in the mix and making plays, which is great to see. And you can see everybody else rallying to the football, seeing that you know Khalil Mack is back out there doing what he's doing. And so uh, we got a little bit of push and a little bit of... Um, oh, motivation is the wrong word. I would just say that... Uh, He's the guy that stirs the drink, you know, he's the straw and everything else kind of falls into place when he's playing well. So the Bears still lack that push up the middle that they really need. But Akeem Hicks has begun practicing again, is looming large, could be back in a week to two weeks time. And if that happens, look the F out because the Bears actually have a chance to be impactful, not just for the teams that are hunting for playoff spots, but perhaps for themselves in that regard. Finally, last note before we kind of move on to, to say goodbye, and that is that Kevin Tolliver took over for uh, for Prince of Mukamara tonight. Uh, Seven seven tackles, uh, one pass defense. He got turned around a few different times by an Amari Cooper, a hobbled Amari Cooper, uh, and definitely gave up a few things in coverage. But I I love his size out there, first of all, and he was competitive. I think that's another backup that speaks well of the coaching staff, speaks well of Ryan Pace and his ability to fill out the roster, um, which is th something he's been given credit for throughout. It's not like you know, just because Trubisky hadn't worked out, I had said, we got to get rid of this guy. There's obviously been a ton of good things that Ryan Pace has done over his tenure. 
there's just certain things that haven't gone so well. And unfortunately, he's doubled down on them in terms of the way he's paid for them. So uh, Tolliver, undrafted free agent find, really good ad, has been coached up and is an effective backup in the league. I'd be very curious to see what it looks like when Aaron Rodgers gets a chance to throw at him. I don't know if that's going to happen. We now have 10 days off for uh, for Prince of Mukamara to heal up. We'll see what happens when when uh, the Bears get to Green Bay. But if it is to be Kevin Tolliver, I don't feel terrible about that. And I would say across the board of the Bears, um, backups that have had to take, take over snaps, I feel fine about the back end. It's really more about the front. Front four, front three, front four, and their ability to pressure the quarterback now that that's being dinged even more with Roy Robertson-Harris going down with Bilal Nichols really playing with a bad knee all year, a hand injury has been some, he had a, uh, a knockdown of a ball today, but really hasn't been impactful in the backfield in any sort of way. Nick Williams um, flashes occasionally and, again, has high sack numbers this year, but isn't frequently in the backfield. So that's really where the Bears are going to have the most trouble um is the pass rush and what the backups are able to do Aaron Lynch another guy who looks like this just isn't it for him this year and it may be time to move on in the offseason but uh, no uh overall a really positive outcome for the Bears 31 points this is again the the most yardage they've had this year I believe we'll just double check that before we get out of here 382 yards so no that's not actually not true the Bears had uh is it more against the the Lions yeah 419 yards against the Lions and 388 against the Chargers even more inexplicable that they lost that game but 382 yards we've now found that the Mendoza line for the Bears in terms of the offense producing is about 300 yards and uh this this is now uh three straight games the Bears have eclipsed 300 yards as an offense 335 against the Giants 419 against the Lions and now 382 against the Cowboys I'm telling you man uh there's something happening here the Bears offense has leveled up has found some traction and they are now rolling downhill uh Trubisky playing the best football he's played perhaps ever at least in terms of uh a consistent stretch and taking all that to Green Bay with a chance to F with their playoff odds, with the Bears' chance to keep theirs alive, with a chance to get revenge against week one, with a chance to change the narrative, with a chance to win a rivalry game. I am here for it. So, Club Dub Thursday, Victory Friday. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the Bears having a good moment this season. I appreciate you listening to the Chicago Shuffle podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Please go on. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, please rate, review. You can also tweet me, tell me how awful my takes are at RightfieldSucks on Twitter. We may get a Chicago Shuffle account going here at one point, but right now, just my own account, RightfieldSucks. Please reach out. Please let me know what you think of the pod. Let me know if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about on here. Ricky will be back next week. He couldn't do it. He was too busy celebrating running naked through the street for this Bears win. That's just how he gets down. I'm not here to judge. And uh, like I said, appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back here again next week for a preview. And then the big game on Sunday. Go Bears. We'll see you next time.
From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.